Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. We exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. It's going to be a great one today. It's a real life stories edition of the Grace Point Daily Podcast with a missionary, John Bean to Slovakia. So we're excited to hear his story. But before we welcome him on and get into that, I want to say thank you as always for listening to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. Just like, share, and subscribe. Uh, tell someone about it because we have a ton of missionaries lined up literally within the next few weeks. So probably for the next, oh man, I'd say two or three months, every single week, we're going to have a real life story with a missionary and missionaries all across the world. So that'll be super cool. And then as well, bringing back on Dr. RB Maynard next week, he's been out for a couple of weeks. He had the, the shoulder surgery, but he's doing well. He's feeling good. And we'll get him back in here on the Grace Point Daily Podcast. So Really, really appreciate it wherever you're listening, whether it's Google Podcast, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Apple, iTunes, whatever it might be. Thank you very much. Well, let's not waste any time and let's welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast, John Bean of Slovakia. Welcome to the Grace Point Daily Podcast, John. Thank you so much, Pastor. It's great to be on uh, Grace Point Daily. Yeah, and you are not you are not in America. You are, and excuse me, round of applause for you, John, for joining us today. But hey, you are not in America. You're actually in the mission field right now. Exactly. Yeah, we're in Slovakia right now here in Central Europe. That is so cool. And I, and I was joking before we came on live that I didn't realize the uh, the numbers I had to push to make an international call. But now I know. And here we are together. So, John, before we really dive into what's happening in Slovakia, your story, just give us a recap of who you are and your ministry. Yeah, uh, my wife and I have been married 36 years and uh, we've been in ministry mainly all of our life. We both went to Bible school together and graduated and started in ministry and it's took us uh, on a wonderful journey, and um, we actually planted a church in Springfield back in 92 and pastored it for 15 years, and um, there we, our children grew up, uh, mainly in Springfield, and most of them lived there. We have a daughter who lives in Canada, so we have five children, and they're all married with uh, eight grandchildren and one on the way this year, and so uh, we're really excited about that, but uh, after pastoring there, we just started feeling God calling our hearts to missions. At first, I didn't really know what it was. I didn't ever dream I'd be a missionary, Okay, but started feeling this pull, and uh, God began to pull our hearts toward Europe. I've always had a heart for uh, nations behind the Iron Curtain, and here we are in Slovakia. Wow. I love that. And that's really the point of this podcast today is to give people uh, just a window into how God works in people's lives and puts them into a place of missions. You know, it's, it, it happens in different seasons and different phases and different time periods. Yeah. And so that's what always so fascinating when you're like, you ask someone, how did you get in? How did this happen? You know? So, but anyway, let's go back, John, to talk, talk to me a little bit about your, your upbringing uh, as a child, a young person, your, your, your testimony, your story. Yeah. I, I grew up in, in uh, a wonderful family, uh, God-fearing people, churchgoers. Uh, we were kind of independent Pentecostals and uh, grew up in that and uh, uh, just loved church life. My folks were uh, lay people. My dad was a deacon in the church, and we were faithful to every service, and, you know, every revival, every church cleaning, mm -hmm. everything. So we grew up with uh, learning how to serve, and and in the middle of all that, God 
we would have wonderful services, convicting power of the Holy Spirit, and you know God really touching our lives. And so I've always grown up around that, and uh, so I've always been sensitive to the Holy Spirit in that way. And mm. then I uh, I was probably 18 years old in high school, getting ready to graduate. We had a I grew up in southern Missouri in West Plains, of Missouri. And uh, we had a tornado come through on the 3rd of, of uh, April of that year in 82. And I was in the middle of that tornado. And wow. I just lifted my hands there in the middle of that Goodyear shop where I was working. It was <laughs> blew the walls out. The roof was falling in. And Whoa. I didn't know what was going to happen to me in, in that moment. And I just raised my hands there in the middle of that. And I said, God, you know where I am. And, um, yeah. you know, if you've got a plan for my life, I'm, I'm submitting that to you right now, my life to you. And hmm. it's basically from that point, I began to really focus on God's calling and, uh, you know, spiritual things. And it was that fall, I went to Bible college and then God called me into the ministry. And so I started that journey and, uh, it's been almost 40 years of serving the Lord and working in the ministry and I wouldn't trade it for nothing. Wow. Can you, can we go back to this a second? I know I'm a, I'm a pastor, John, but uh, I did not grow up in the church. I got saved as a senior in high school. But can we just park on this this thought for just a second? How you said your parents took you to church, you know, every, every service faithfully over and over. Can can you hit on why that's important for me real quick? You know, as a as a pastor today, we've gone with less services and um you know, I, I saw, I heard a statistic that said the average good Christian in America goes to church 1.6 times per month. That was a stat that came from uh, an assembly of God thing wow. I was at or whatever, but can you hit on why that was so important for you and the difference it made in your life? Yes. I, I tell you what, there's so many things, especially through the teenage years, you know, I'd read a book one time called uh, the teenage turmoil or something like that. And it's, there's so many decisive moments, you know, especially in a young person's life, and even before that, that uh, it's so important to have stability spiritually and to be around the Spirit of God and Him speaking and, and all of that. I, uh, I remember many times, you know, uh, being convicted in the preaching and through even the worship time and uh, hitting the altars. That's you know, something that many churches have done away with is mm. altar time and seeking God and being in his presence, but wow. those are the places where our lives are molded and the spirit of God, you know, really does some lasting things in our hearts. And so, uh, it really had an impact on me. My dad was very strong in his faith and also his convictions. And he wouldn't be afraid to put us all of our children, all of his five children in a circle in the, in the house from time to time and kind of give us a Powwow, powwow, and a pep talk, and mm-hmm. they ask see some of you kind of drifting in your life, and I'm concerned about that. And wow, just keeping our our faith focused uh, forward was so important. And church played a, a big role in that. And uh, you know, we had youth groups and had different things we were involved with, and it kept me out of jail. You know, it yeah. kept me away from the streets of doing bad things. And it's so important in our lives, I believe. Yeah, it, it it's just hard to explain to people sometimes because you're like, it's not, uh, <laughs> it's more than just going to church. And it, isn't it interesting how the probability when you are more consistent 
in the life of the church, there's more consistency in your overall spiritual life and you and your, your kids and your family. And I just can't overstate that enough to people, you know? Yes. All right. Well, John, my dad, uh, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. Finish that thought. Yeah. I was just saying we had five of us children, four of us are in the ministry uh, today. You know, I'm serving as a missionary and <clears throat> one brother is, um, he's in, uh, you know, civil service. He serves in that capacity, but it just shows you the impact that a family can have if they go to church and faithfully and mm. um, keep, keep the heart faithful to God. Wow. Yeah. Parents, grandparents, listen to that. Believers listen to that. So a great word of advice. Uh, you know, I just wrote, as you were just even talking there just a second ago, John, you said, I wrote down the statement, God can use fill in the blank. And uh, I don't know what it says about you that God had to use a tornado to get your attention. But uh, <laughs> how old were you when that, that, that happened, the, the whole tornado thing? Yeah, I was 18. Yeah, I was uh, just getting ready to graduate from high school. Wow. Yeah. And at that point, did you have direction? Did you have, uh, oh, I'm going to Bible college. I'm going to this college. I have this career goal in mind. Did you have any idea of what you really wanted to do with your life at that point? Yeah, I, I really had desired to be a coach. I love sports, and uh, I'd had some great coaches in my life, and I really they impacted my life and kept me kind of going forward also in school. And so I'd planned to go to school in the Ozarks and, and Branson there and uh, okay. maybe get a degree in coaching. But that night or that, that afternoon when that tornado came through, I was the only one in the shop. I, I stayed there after school. I'd go there after school and work, and everyone left. The shop had been closed, and I was cleaning up and sweeping the floors and putting all the tires in, the cars in. And so I was by myself wow. when it <laughs> happened, though. Know? And so it was just a moment with me and God. But it was that turning point where I said, all right, God, you've preserved me for a reason. And, um, you know, I want to make sure I use that reason wisely. And so it was from that moment on I started pursuing more of a Bible college um, slant in my life. And Okay. And now it's, it's been many years. Okay. Wow. Did you go to, where did you go to Bible college at? I went in the Osho, Missouri. That was like Bible Institute and college there. Okay. And so as you began, I graduated with, as you began that process, what was, uh, like you said, you were a pastor, but was you, missions wasn't necessarily at the forefront of your mind when you started going to Bible college. It was just kind of more like, Hey God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Exactly. Yeah. I, I've always really had a heart to pastor. I love pastoring people and, and just being consistently every week with people and the same people. And so that was kind of my heart's desire. I, I just, I didn't know really what God was going to do with my life, but that's something I enjoyed. It was church life and being with people. And so that's what I thought I would do the rest of my life. And when I started pastoring, I just loved it. We worked with very mm -hmm. low income people and very poor people in Springfield and drug addicts and alcoholics and people that are just really messed up. And we really, really loved that. And, uh, so that was our focus while we were there. And I, I thought I was going to do it the rest of my life, but God had different plans for us. Wow. Talk to me a little about that time of pastoring. What was it like? And, uh, ups and down, highs and lows, some of those highlights that you had in your career of being a pastor specifically. Yeah, it was very challenging, uh, but we really felt specifically that God had had sent us to that part of North Springfield to reach the low-income people there 
and uh, those who are really suffering. And I got a job at a factory, and they put me on like as a chaplain there, and I was I was doing maintenance work. But uh, when people started having deaths and hospitalization, there was about 350 employees. Hmm. They would send me there, and um, I would go pray for them in the hospital and counsel with people and various things. And they started bringing in people to work there that was coming from halfway houses and they were transitioning back into society after being in prison and things. And they would hook me up with them and kind of make me their accountability partner while they were there. And I started bringing them to church with me. Uh-huh. Uh, they wouldn't let them get out of the halfway house without the only right. places they go is to work or maybe to church. Yep. And I'd have to sign their bulletin, you know, <laughs> showing that they were there. But I started, you know, mentoring them and having Bible studies in our home with unbelievers and God just really, you know, growing up in a church all my life, not being around that environment, Hmm. I had to learn a lot of things. God had to change my heart and uh, really give me a compassion for the poor and for the needy. And he, he began to do that. And now here we're serving the poorest people in Europe. And it's just amazing how God prepares us for these moments years before. Yeah. And uh, changes our heart. Yeah. Wow. So, and as that, when did the missions, when did that begin to stir up? Were you beginning to do short-term missions trips or was it the missionary speakers that came to your church or how did that missions calling begin to get stirred up in your life? Yeah, we had missionaries coming to the church and I always loved to have missionaries. Always kind of felt like I was called to wherever, <laughs> whoever came to our church. I felt yeah, like right. I'd yeah. to go there and help them. And, sure. uh, but, um, I went on a short-term trip in 2001 to Germany, and it was about 10 days. Did some street ministry and some stuff like that. And then in 2007, I was able to go back to the Czech Republic, and we did like a one-week of prayer revival. for It's mainly atheist in, in Czech, and so we was trying to just pray that God would bring revival. So we went to a number of churches and prayed with pastors and, and things. While I was in that country, I, I really felt God was impressing on me something different. And uh, while I was there, I was really asking God, Lord, what do you want me to do? I know you're saying something to me. Mm-hmm. And I was walking down the sidewalk of a street in Colleen, Czech Republic, and God said, I want you to come to this part of the world. And I went home from that trip, and the next week I went to the uh, district headquarters there in Springfield and said, you won't believe it. <laughs> God's calling us to be missionaries. And that's kind of how things started transitioning. And um, I resigned our church and hit the road, and I was approved to the AGs. And here we are now, almost uh, 13 years later. Wow. Well, Tim, you know, you know, you're getting old when you become very repetitive in your stories and say, sayings, etc. So I'm 41. So I know I'm getting old because I keep repeating myself now. But the one thing I cannot understate that I will continue to wave the flag for till the day that I die is the importance of going and, and doing missions. You know, it, it's great to hear a missionary to give to a missionary. Uh, one of my isms is that Jesus didn't say give. He said, go. And there is such mm-hmm. power in going on the mission field. You know, I, I feel like almost not, maybe not a hundred percent, but almost every missionary th- that calling was stirred up as they went and stepped into a different atmosphere into a foreign place and a short term mission trip. All of a sudden that calling was awakened. It sounded like you had somewhat of the same experience. 
Pastor, listen, you couldn't speak any more truth than that right there. It is so important, short-term trips. I, you know, I've heard pastors argue both sides, saying, you know what, we're not going to go. We're going to take the money that we'll save on the trip and just send it ahead, and we'll stay here and let them have the money mm-hmm. for a project or something. And, you know, there's some validity to that. But I have witnessed firsthand here as a missionary a number of people who have come on a trip, maybe their first time, and they've never been the same. Their life has been so changed from uh, just that trip, that one trip. And I was so blessed a few years ago. I was in Springfield at a training there, the Assemblies of God Missions Board. There was a whole group of new missionaries getting ready to be launched out. This young man walked up to me and he said, you remember me? I said, yeah. He said, I came to Slovakia on a trip a couple years ago through Sagu mm. uh, Bible College. And he said, I'm leaving now. I'm getting commissioned to go to China to be a missionary. Wow. And he said that, that mission trip changed my life. And so I've seen it happen over and over again. Yep. You cannot, you cannot, uh, you cannot get the experience like you would unless you go to the trip. And yeah. like you said, get another culture, get another perspective on, on the world. It changes your life forever. Absolutely. Here's the example. I I haven't given this one for a while, but here's what I would say. If a guy came up to me or girl or woman, whatever, came up and said, okay, here's the deal, Pastor Jeremiah. I will give you $20,000 for the missions program, or I will give you the $2,000 that it costs or the $3,000 to go on the missions trip that you keep harping on that you want everyone to go on. Uh, which, but you can only take one option. And here's what I'd say every 100% of the time I'd say, okay, here, brother, here's what I want you to do. I want you to give me that $2,500. I want you to go with me on the mission trip because here's what's going to happen. God is going to completely wreck you and speak to you and convict you. And on the way, once we land in America and you get back home, you're going to go grab that checkbook and give me a check for $20,000. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. I <laughs> guarantee exactly you. Right. That's what, that is what's going to happen. So, okay, just, just come with me. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, it's ta- a very powerful experience. And, uh, I'd recommend your people and anybody listening to this podcast, that if you've never took a short term trip, it's life changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may never become a missionary, Yeah, but it will change your perspective on the world. It will help you in your giving because you'll really feel like you're investing in something that's, that's real. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's bounce back and begin to talk about the process. I think it's always interesting. It's, it's one thing when, when God tells you, you're going to go and you've accepted that and you're like, okay, I'm going to begin to make that transition. Talk to me about the transition from yes, Lord, uh, you know, to the time frame that it took to actually step onto the field. Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, my wife and I were a little bit late bloomers in missions. We hit the ground here at 45 years old. So we were a little bit later than most missionaries that go. Uh, a lot of times they're younger, but we're seeing more and more older people go. Yeah. Um, and I think something good about being older is you bring a little bit more experience, uh, life experience with you. And that, that really helps when you get on the field. But it was challenging for us because we had two children in college at the time, and um, we had still three at home, and those three came with us on our first term. So being able to say goodbye to your, some of your children and having mm-hmm. to leave them behind and take some of them with you, leaving your parents in their older age, uh, you know, it's very, very challenging. But I'll just have to say, you know, it's it's 
a, just a step of faith. And God is so faithful, um, you know, leaving a church that we had involved ourselves in for 15 years and loving people and just had really invested in people's lives. That was one of the hardest things I ever did in my life to say, you know, we're, we're leaving this place and going mm-hmm. in a new pursuit in our life. Uh, but one uh, missionary told me, counseled me while I was going through this time that God brings us to a door of opportunity, you know, and sometimes you don't see on the other side of the door. You don't know what's over there. You don't know it's what you're going to run into. But he says, if you'll walk through that by faith, you're going to experience something like you've never experienced before in God. And so I took his advice and I said, okay, we're going to do this. <laughs> and God has been so faithful, Pastor, Wow! in so many ways. You know, you got to raise funds. You've got to talk to people. You've got to travel, you know, all over the place, raising money. But God over and over and over again just proves himself faithful. And not just for that time, but even the whole journey of missions, even to this day, God has continued to be faithful. Wow. So you're suggesting, John Bean, missionary to Slovakia, that if you take a step of faith, God will honor it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. He says, God, many have called and few are chosen. And um, I'm not saying that, you know, we're any cho- missionaries or any chosen, or blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that scripture implies to us, you know, that some people are only willing to go, you know, so far in their faith walk and you know, only go up to so far. Uh, we're all called to go everywhere in the world and, and be ministers. But there's a time where God puts us at the threshold that we have to walk through. And uh, sometimes people turn away from that and say, I just can't do it. And then, but there is not just in missions, but in pastoring or whatever God calling you to do. When you get to that place, you've just got to say, okay, God, I'm going to take this leap of faith. Mm -hmm. and God will be there on the other side of that. Yeah. Amen. Talk to me about that first year, the, or the, you know, the early times as you, take the airplane and you step off the airplane. And now this is not just a short term mission trip. You're like, no, I'm going to be here for the next four years. You know, talk to me about that process. Yeah, that's, that's very, uh, very challenging time. Uh, when you finally say goodbye, and I think we had 21 suitcases between five, seven of us <laughs> or five of us that came and uh, landing in another world that <laughs> you don't know anyone, and, uh, you know, learning a new culture, you're learning a new language, you're learning a new currency, you know. Living mm-hmm. in Europe, you know, is so much different because, like in the States, you travel from Missouri to Oklahoma, Arkansas, just a few miles, you can be in another state. It's the same way here. Some aspects, you're going into another country with all different currency, all different language, you know, every place you cross the border, it's different. And so it can be overwhelming, but, uh, Pastor Jeremiah, when I first came my first year, I was so terrified with things because I, I wasn't picking up the <laughs> language quickly and all those things. I was afraid, Oh my, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to make it. But some of the things I've realized now, I look back and say, you just learn over time. You've got to give yourself you know, some room to learn and grow and adjust to the culture, learn, you know, how to get a streetcar or tram or trolley, use a bus. Uh, it, it just takes time to do that. And I think sometimes yeah. we come with the expectancy. We need to learn that one week 
but it takes a lifetime, you know, to adjust sure. to culture. You, you have to, so, when you're, you know, mi- yeah, when you're a missionary, you have to live real life. I mean, it's not like you uh, magically get, I mean, yes, we have superpowers because we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. So yes, we have power, uh, but we don't get these kind of uh, <laughs> magical superpowers the moment we step <laughs> off a plane into the mission field. We still have to learn learn yeah. stuff and be people and, and yeah. live life like just like we would back in America on a much different way, but still have to do those things. Yes, yes. Uh, my wife always has something interesting. She shares at churches sometimes when we come home at one of the hardest things about being a missionary, especially a mother, she asked the congregation, you know, what do you think it would have been when I got off the plane? And one of the hardest things was just to go grocery shopping. You know, you don't know the name of things. You don't, hmm. you know, you don't know what milk's called or what an egg's called. Or, <laughs> and you're going down the aisles and all these signs that you have no clue. <laughs> and so just like you said, those practical everyday things sometimes it's very challenging. Wow. So what does ministry look like, uh, phases, seasons of your ministry since you've been in Slovakia? I mean, obviously from the beginning or the emphasis and give some of the stories now of what has happened in your duration and time there. Yeah. Well, our first term, uh, we came to the city of Bratislava. That's the capital of Slovakia. And uh, we were there for our first term. And the National Church asked us to plant a church there, an English-speaking church in that capital. And so we did. We pastored that for our first term. And uh, it was a great experience. Got to meet a number of people. I think we had up to 12 or so nationalities coming there. And uh, so I had an international flavor and helped us get our feet on the ground and um, get adjusted to the culture. And so we did that. But while I was there, I traveled throughout the country uh, doing ministry and things. And we saw that there was a minority group in the country here of Slovakia called the Roma people, and uh, a lot of people in America are not familiar with Roma. That's their official name, but they're actually gypsies, okay. and uh, we saw that there was a big um, a big population of them in the country, and to our knowledge, there wasn't anybody working with them. And so in that first term, as I traveled throughout the country, I saw them more in the east. Bratislava is on the far west. This is on the far east, and I came over here and preached and started meeting them, and I really felt like, my wife and I felt like, God was probably calling us here for them. And so we came back our second term and came to the East and started working with the Gypsy people here. And so that's who we're working with currently. They're the poorest people in Europe. There's a half million in our country. They have a thousand settlements throughout Slovakia, and sometimes those can be from 7,000 people to 70 people. And uh, that's where our focus is right now. It's working with them. We're planting churches. We're building churches and doing evangelism and outreach and compassion ministries, providing clothes and food and just those kind of things. And we love it. We just really love what we're doing. Hmm. Now, this particular people group, do talk to me about preaching the gospel to them, sharing Christ. Is there a real openness? Is it difficult? Is how, How have you been doing that? It is amazing how open they are. Uh, about 20 years ago, there was a revival that started among them. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, some leaders got saved among them, and they came and planted the church here uh, where I'm actually living right now. And that church now runs about 600, and they've got eight outreaches, other communities that they're reaching into right now. And so uh, they are, the, the Roma people are so open. We have solved 
hundreds of people come to Christ uh, over the last few years. You can go into a settlement and have a crusade or an evangelism outreach, and you may have 30, 40 get saved. Hmm. Uh, we're helping plant a church right now in the largest Roman settlement here in Slovakia, 7,000 in a village that's about one half square mile. Uh, it's, they're just on top of one another in there. There's hundreds and thousands of people live there. Hmm. But a few years ago, one of our Roma pastors went in, and uh, he's got about 200 new converts now. And uh, we're working with him this term, and we just bought property in that village, and we're hoping, and it's paid for, and we're hoping to start breaking ground uh, this year in that village. So wow. God's moving by spirit. We've got 12 new Roma churches, and most of them run over 100 people so far. So. Wow, praise God. What's a gypsy believe in, or what's their foundational beliefs before Christ? Yeah, many of them have never had any kind of real uh, religious foundation. Uh, there's been a number, of, because of Slovakia is predominantly Catholic, 70% Catholic, any influence that a lot of them have had has been through the Catholic Church. But there's no real commitment. Matter of fact, they're so hated here because of the poverty uh, that a lot of the Catholic churches won't even let them come into their buildings. Mm-hmm. But they've had a little bit of mixture of, of just that and uh, just a little bit of... Because gypsies through the years have been transitory people. They've moved and roamed around up until the Iron Curtain. Uh, then they had to stop because it, the, the uh, Soviet people didn't let them travel anymore. Uh, but they collected, you know, religious and, and their languages from different countries that they traveled through. And so they kind of have a potpourri of faith. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, most of them have never really been loved. And so when you share the love of Jesus with them and show them that love, they are so open to that. And mm. um, they're wow. very quick to receive Christ and, and commit their heart to Jesus. Wow. Praise God. So much good stuff you've unpackaged and unloaded on us here. John Bean, missionary to Slovakia. Kind of give us here as we're wrapping things up here. Give give me the pitch. Give me the anthem that God has really given you and just in your life. You're from a pastor to a missionary. What is that that anthem, that thing that you feel like God just continues to speak through you uh, in your life and ministry? Well, I guess the thing that really God impressed on my heart is the importance of being a servant, you know, to willing to serve in whatever capacity he calls us to, um, you know, and I've always, my wife and I have always had a heart for the poor. And as I look through the scriptures, I see that when we're willing to reach out to people who are less fortunate and serve them and love them, that you're going to find the blessings of God with you. And I've witnessed that through the years. And so mm. I hope until I'm I'm finished with my life that I will just be committed to serve the Lord in whatever capacity, that when He says go, I'll say yes. Uh, you know, whatever He asks me to do, that I'd be willing to follow Him. And uh, I think if I'll do that, hopefully one day He can say, well done. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. John Bean, missionary to Slovakia. How can people that are listening to this podcast, whether they're part of Grace Point or wherever at, because we have people that listen in other parts of the world and um, in America, how can they connect with you or follow your ministry? Yeah, we, uh, we have on uh, Facebook, we have uh, Slovakia missions. It's just one of our pages there. We post something there pretty regularly. 
And uh, also have a website, beans2slovakia.com, and they can find out some information there about our ministry. And um, so we're grateful. We send out an e-letter uh, every about every month, giving pictures and things of projects we're working on, ministry we're doing here. And so we'd love for people to sign up with us. They can subscribe to that if they'd like to. And so we're just grateful to just have this opportunity to be on your podcast with you. Yeah. And thank you so much, guys, for listening to this podcast. I hope that you not only listen, take some notes. I know I did some notes down of, of things that I was really challenged and encouraged to maybe need to listen to it again. Or, and most importantly, why don't you share this powerful mission story with someone else? Send them the link, send them a DM, post it on your Facebook, whatever it might be. But guys, thank you so much. Thank you to John Bean, uh, missionary to Slovakia, his family. Hey, thanks for listening to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We'll talk to you guys next time.